Romandria today. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. We're mixing then, things up for our big return. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, uh, I'm on work leave right now. No, um, <laughs> I, my name's John. This is Andrea. Um, we're back. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Man, we're back in what? It's barely been a month, three weeks since our uh, our last show. Yeah. yeah, three weeks. It seems it seems like it's been a long time, but it really hasn't been. Yeah. That long. Yeah. Well, uh, I've uh, I've now. Are the reason obviously for our hiatus is uh, the fact that I have had my baby. Um, and with having, yay, <laughs> uh, with having my baby time has absolutely lost all meaning, uh, you know, days kind of just trip over one another. So yeah. truly, truly, it could have been three weeks. It could have been a month. You could have convinced me it was two months. Like, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm here. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's been, yeah, like you say, it feels like a long time just because a lot's happened, I suppose. Yes, you know, and especially indeed. for you. So, um, yeah, I can only imagine the the mad dash. Nonstop. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. And the uh, the uh, surprise of, you know, baby coming a week early. Um, you know, nobody was nobody was quite prepared for that, least of all me. So <laughs> so it kind of added to the drama and the excitement you know, to, to have her arrive unannounced and unplanned a week early. So. I mean, I guess it's like one last week of nerves, right? That's right. That's right. One less yeah. week of waiting and just, you know, yeah. worrying, you know, what's, what's labor and delivery going to be like? Uh, mm -hmm. apparently absolutely nothing like I thought <laughs> and, and oh, yeah? uh, no nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like, uh, I was prepared for, um, okay. but kind of in a good way. A lot of books and things were saying, you know, oh, you know, labor can take a really long time, especially with your first. So, you know, be prepared mm -hmm. to wait it out, like stay at home, try to distract yourself, you know, um, bring movies and, and bring snacks and puzzles and things to do because you're going to have so much time. And sure. uh, that was not the case for me. <laughs> nice. You're we, a pro uh, at this then. Apparently, apparently I'm just ready to, you know, shoot out babies. Um, yeah, because Chris and I, Chris and I basically packed a whole bag to take to the hospital that we didn't even use. Um, we had like all okay. these books and a laptop in there for, you know, movies and um, we had music and yeah, all this different stuff in there that we didn't even touch uh, because everything just happened so quickly. So, yeah, yeah, kind of like I said, kind of a, a good thing. Um, you know, didn't really have to like wait around and dread what was going to happen, but yeah. Right. Exciting, awesome. exciting nonetheless. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, mother, I can't, I uh, can't imagine the, uh, <laughs> the stress and the whole, whole ordeal, but, um, uh, I'm sure you guys are going to do great. So thank you. Thank you. We're trying. We've, uh, we've kept her alive for, you know, three weeks plus now. So <laughs> I mean, I that's, feel like that's yeah. uh that's a good Mark measure of success. That's right. That's why they have the uh you know, like month birthdays and stuff. It's just like, yes. Still here. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's not really about the kid. It's it's about like, oh my god, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um this is uh, a podcast uh, about mm -hmm. uh, about babies and our lives, you know. <laughs> um, we talk about that stuff but also about pop culture things mm -hmm. that we uh, managed to watch and consume in one form or another. 
Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes there's drinks involved. You have not had any drinks involved in quite some time. You Very know? true. So, you know, we'll see how that, uh, I don't know, if you surprise <laughs> us with something here. Um, but baby's out. What else? What else have you managed to squeeze in? And I mean, like you say, it's been like three weeks or whatever now. Yes. So what have you managed to watch or read or um, any anything else that's been going on? Yeah. So I've actually, uh, you know, being at home kind of, you know, alone with the baby and uh, having to take care of her, you know, on and off, um, I've actually managed to consume quite a bit of different media. Um, the things that I've really been able to watch and pay attention to and get excited about, I would say, um, are both anime. Uh, I finished Promised Neverland, the second season. Um, I was surprised it was a little shorter than the first, but then when I watched the final episode, I was like, nope, I'm really, I'm clearly watching the final episode. <laughs> okay. They definitely like solidly wrapped was that it? up. Uh, 11. Okay. We've been meaning to like get back on that. Um, sure. You because the last episode we stopped on was so good. So yeah, yeah you but... definitely should. Um, the, the back half of the episodes go really quickly um, and they, they get really good. And then uh, I was a little taken aback by the ending. Um, okay. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see what, what you think as well, because I think it was a tonal shift that I wasn't quite ready for. But the episodes okay. leading up to it were excellent. Um, you know, kind of building on that that back half momentum, you know, yeah. stopping at that one episode where where everything was just kind of getting good. So so yeah, so I managed to finish that. And then I've also finished One Punch Man. So I'm excited because Phil, our friend Phil, uh had recommended that and he was so, so excited to see what I had to say about it because that became his new favorite anime very quickly. So I gotta right. let him know that I finished it, and uh, we should we should uh, have Phil on to talk about it. So I yeah, know so I know he'd be super seasons? excited. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So I will uh, I'll commit to finishing One Punch Man. So then uh, <laughs> uh, we can we can talk about that because yeah. yeah, it's not like we're short on 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 things to talk about in content, but absolutely, absolutely it's been, definitely been a thing that I've been wanting to. To finish everybody loves it producer alan loves it mm -hmm. it's all good so yeah i quite enjoyed it um and it was it was a nice a nice show to watch when i was actually able to sit down and focus on it um because there were definitely times you know between being exhausted or you know taking care of the baby where you know i couldn't really sit down to focus on something um so that was when i watched a lot of background tv watched a lot of house hunters international uh, because okay. I uh, I miss traveling, and it was kind of a fun way to like see all the parts of the world, you know, where people yeah. buy houses. Um, plus, I love like I love judging what people pick, and okay. uh, that that was the yeah. reason I I used to watch like say yes to the dress all the time was mm. because I got to judge what people like decided on for their wedding. Um, they get and hung up on something. Like yes. there's one, clearly another thing is a better choice, but yes. like, I must do this because of whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious to like watch that while people are like 
wearing a dress, but then to like also watch that while people are choosing a house and they're like, we just watched one the other night where this couple was like, yeah, we're not going to get this house because one of the bathrooms doesn't have a door on it. And I was like, but this house is like everything you want. It's got like the view, it's got the space, it's got how many bedrooms, it's in your price range. And you're literally turning it down because it doesn't have a door. Like put <laughs> Put a door on the door bathroom. There. You can yeah. do that. So, yeah. So that's a lot of fun um, to kind of watch in the background, but also, you know, like pay attention a little bit. Um, and then I'm also watching um, a Netflix show called Grace and Frankie. And it's with Jane okay. Fonda and Lily Tomlin, um, Martin Sheen, and Sam Waterston. Um And they're all like, you know, playing older couples in their 70s who used to be like two couples, heterosexual couples that were married to each other. And then um, finally in their 70s, the two husbands come out as gay and they're in love with each other and they're going to get married. So they like divorce the wives and then they like start their new lives together and they all kind of have to like readjust to everything. Yeah, it is. But it's. It's hilarious. And like, it's just, it's a super talented cast. Um, Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston in particular, just crush it. As, Chris uh, and I are going to do that someday. Yeah. Sure. Just <laughs> wait till you're, wait till you're in, you know, your seventies. Cause then 70s, it'll, it'll yeah. be funny. <laughs> yeah. Then it'll be comedic gold. <laughs> <laughs> all, all for the payoff from this one show. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so it's, I mean, it's nothing too serious. It's very frothy and light and, you know, um, like I said, kind of good background television. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of all the, I think all the media I've been consuming other than obviously our, our main topic for today, which is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to introduce that up front where uh we will be getting to the first two episodes of mm-hmm. falcon and winter soldier today um i believe it's only six episodes total so yeah, very short yeah so we're just one behind um but uh mm-hmm. yeah we'll, we'll cover all those for you um i was in florida i believe gave birth you were so I, it kind of worked out because like if you had had your regular due date, then like I would have had trouble recording the one time mm-hmm. you would have had trouble recording the next, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, but yeah, just a smidge of trouble. Yeah. Hospital so, uh, wasn't really conducive for recording. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> so yeah, I, um, uh, I got a haircut and I walked the beach. Um, the beach was gorgeous um weather was so nice and just like beaches just littered with with shells and it was so nice to walk in the the clear water along the coast like that alone i got very burnt Uh, (laughs) my arms have been peeling pretty good um i did a little fishing on their pier there was um there was a family and was kid in particular that was fishing um off the pier and the railings were quite high Mm -hmm. and so you know, they cast the line over and the pelicans there aren't dummies. And so they would wait for the, for people to snag a fish and then Ah, try to get it. Well, there are signs up of what happens if you catch a pelican. 
Well, this kid did indeed. It like came close to getting a pelican, and then it it like swallowed the hook. It swallowed. Oh jeez. Yep. Okay. So, so you figure, okay, you learn off of this one now, right? Right. Because, but the kid did it again, and this time it got hooked, and the bird was on the line. Oh, and geez. so they don't know what to do. You know, they're freaking out and stuff. Well, kid's kind of happy. He's like, oh, I got a bird, whatever. <laughs> um, but this local came over, and he kind of knew what to do, and he okay. helped. So they reeled the bird up, and, you know, he, like, brought him over the edge and took him by the mouth and got the hook out and stuff. And then okay. he kind of, like, picked him up by the wing, sort of, and, like, kind of, I know you can't really see my hands as I'm doing this, but like kind of tossed him over the edge so he could kind of fly down and stuff. Sure. So he was okay. Um, but it's like they're waiting down there. You've got to, if you catch a snag a fish, you've got it. Once you get it above the water, you got to pull it up. Right. Know, get it up. No time to waste. Yeah. And the kid is small and he couldn't see and just like, so the dad needed to like take the rod. I know like you want the kid to catch the fish, but you're just like. At that gonna. point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Everybody so, cheered. Yeah. So what happens if you catch a pelican? Like, what do they do I to mean, you? Well, I don't know what they do. They don't do anything to you. They're just telling you to, to the signs tell you kind of like that you're trying to, whoa, there goes your webcam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting dizzy. Um, I, I was, right, uh, I'm back. The, the signs say like, they're trying to tell you to not cut the line, you know, because then, yeah, it swallows the hook and stuff or whatever. So they're trying to tell you to, you okay. know, get the hook out if you can or whatever. But, it, you know, if you don't have someone that's there that has a pliers and, you know, is, yeah. you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's people that have caught them before on there and just don't have any idea what to do. Yeah. And maybe I someone wouldn't. runs to the shed that they rent rods out of and stuff, maybe, mm -hmm. and they can kind of help or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you're fishing after hours and that's closed, yeah. Yeah. So that was excitement. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to yeah. do, especially like a pelican. Like, yeah, they're, they're not exactly like small birds that you can just handle. Yeah. You know, I mean, you kind of got to know. Yeah, <laughs> reel it up slowly trying to let it kind of help itself fly some, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. then you grab it by the neck and the bird didn't fight too much. I suppose you, you know, but you know, being firm about it, grab him by the neck and use that pliers. And yeah. We didn't swallow it too far. So yeah. Yikes. Yep. Well, good. This guy knew what to do there. Caught a puffer fish. Um, <laughs> so that was the hot spot, you know, I guess birds and puffer fish, but <laughs> All the things um, so you yeah. probably shouldn't be eating. <laughs> yeah. Probably really shouldn't uh, be was... fishing for. <laughs> right. I don't know what pelican tastes like, but probably mm. not the best. No, it seems like it'd be a little tough. Yeah. Uh, so that was great fun um, with my parents. And then um, spent time recovering from sunburn. And <laughs> then we talked weeks ago about the Snyder cut. Yes. Uh, Justice League Snyder cut. And I remember specifically expressing, well, okay, it's cool, but how much, how different is this really going to be? Um, well, I watched that now. It is very different. <laughs> okay. Shockingly okay. different. Did, did you, did you see the original cut at all? 
Oh yeah, I've definitely seen the original you cut. Did. Yep. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so I uh, I will be watching the Snyder cut because especially now, like if it, if it's, it's as different as you say it is, I have to know. Like I have to know. I mean, you know what the vision was. Especially if you remember that film well at all, like mm -hmm. I'm just because I, mean, I didn't see the original, so oh, okay. I am going off of I after the watching this, I watched a lot of like comparison videos. Okay, I see how it was all different and stuff, and I am stunned. So okay, um, I won't say whether I loved it or hated it or just thought it was okay. I'll, I'll wait to see what what you thought of it. Sure. But I'll just say it was very different than the theatrical cut for sure. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the theatrical cut. Um, I re I think I remember seeing it in theaters and then I've seen it since then as well. So, I mean, I have flashes of, you know, what it was, what I, th what my general thoughts were um, <laughs> overall, unfortunately not that memorable of a movie. So I don't know that like, you know, my, my impressions of it were, were really solidly formed or, you know, there's much that I care to remember. Cause there were, there were definitely some rough spots in that film. So I'll be interested to there see were... what I think after watching yeah. the Snyder cut. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try not to say anymore. Um, all <laughs> I guess all I will say is that, um, I didn't know the movie was in four three. So it was like an older oh, television okay. You know, um, so it's normal. It's not something wrong with your TV. Okay. <laughs> you have black Good bars on the left, right? And then um, it it very nicely puts separates the movie into parts. It literally has a screen that mm. says part part three. So if you don't okay. want to watch it all at once and and you know being really tired, I wouldn't try to <laughs> watching sure. it one part at a time. Very sure. nice. Okay. So, that for some reason I don't know why, but that reminds me immediately of uh, when Titanic came out on VHS. Oh yeah. And, and yes, I'm dating myself and you a little bit. But you remember like when it was two v VHS tapes and like yeah. the screen came up at the end of the first half and it was like the end of part one and you know, and then like you put in like the second videotape and it would like you know it had that like title card that was like part two I don't know why that's like like such a vivid memory for me because mm. I think Titanic was just like one of the few films that you know needed to be two VHS tapes long yep. so it was just like such a big deal to like switch over the videotape so yep yeah I mean uh, I think Dances with Wolves yeah so, yep and now there's a few yeah topics. that's right so. Yep, and then um, there was always the like, you know, were you gonna stop at that part, or were you gonna like keep watching Titanic in particular? I think because obviously, like the second tape was, you know, the sinking. So it's like, yeah. do you do, you, you know, do you stop? And it's just like, oh, oh like it's kind of happy, you know, right? Romance, you know, right? They end by just being like, oh own. no, like yeah. the ship, is, the ship is gonna sink, and then you didn't really have to watch it if you didn't want to. Like you could just be like, oh, well, I know See, how it ends. <laughs> That's the little character moment. As a writer, you take note of right there. You're like, okay, yep. so in that story, I have a family that grew up, and for whatever reason, they had a VHS of Titanic, and they lost the second one. Oh, no. Back. And so for years, they've never seen how Titanic ends. 
Maybe oh this is God. a family that also doesn't know the history of it. So they're like, you know, they're from a different country or something like that. And so they always watch the first part and then make up what happened as a family, what right. happened in the next part. So they right. watch it and then they would tell the story as it goes. And then tragically, someday they get to see the rest of it. Just not and at all, they imagine. Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be, it's just a little piece that adds a, like flavor to someone. Yep. Yep. Little all like right. three-dimensional so. depth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I suppose you could. Yeah. I mean, the, the I remember the tape ends with them being like, "Oh, you know, we're we're gonna sink, and now we're gonna get all the headlines." But I mean, you could make up a story where it's like, "No, just kidding." Like, you know, <laughs> or like everybody <laughs> lived. Or... Yeah. You know, it'll fix it. Right. No. Right. Somebody in the eleventh hour was able to, you know, seal the hull. Or, uh, you know, there's like rescue boats. They yep. came. I don't know. It could be the loss of innocence kind of thing where right? the parents know what's going on, but they <laughs> they make up the rest of the story for the kids and they like hail <laughs> the rest enough of the water out of the ship, you know? And it's all fine then. Oh, man. And then the kids realize they've been lied to for years. Right. So much worse than lying about like Santa. He lied yeah. about how the Titanic really ended. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we got parts. Um, Alan was saying that it's not fully shot in 4.3. They cropped um, some oh. or many shots for the Snyder Cut. The, okay. I, I heard the idea, the reason it's 4.3 is um, because he wanted the whole thing to be an IMAX. Mm. So he wanted sure. it to, when you have the giant like kind of square image, then you, you'd have that. And the idea that, um, you know, comic books, comic books are taller. And very oh, often yeah. get the the hero shots of whoever, you get these low angles. That's It's emphasizing the height. And well, obviously, they weren't going to do a, a movie for your phone that it's tall. Um, mm -hmm. So he's as best we get in, in IMAX, you know, that kind of thing. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Kind of a cool um, style choice. Yeah. In other, like, um, I guess, comic book related things before we get to more comic book related things. <laughs> um, I've been reading um, Justice League Dark. Um, okay. So I started this a while ago or whatever, but basically there is, um, I think it started in 2018, this version of it. And um, I've read the first two graphic novels. And I'm on the third one. I kind of took like a little break then and went and read Wonder Woman and the Witching Hour, which takes mm. place kind of in between them some. Sure. Um, and it's so far, it's been a very consistent, good book. Um, you know, it's it's got Wonder Woman and Zatanna and John Constantine and Detective Jimp and Swamp Thing and uh dead man and uh it's just um it's been sufficiently creepy the art has been consistent mm -hmm. um and yeah i just i've pretty much liked everything about it um so this excellent up now are from uh the first graphic novel um and yeah i'm, I'm just like right in the middle of, of three now. So I'll probably give everybody my like final thoughts whenever, whenever this story arc wraps up, um, okay. I suppose. 
So I don't know how long it goes or if it's still going or anything like that, but yeah, super fun. So nice. Um, and then I guess one other thing, it's not pop culture related. I've been working on making more and more bread. <laughs> so I, just... I mean, it's kind of pop culture related in terms of it's very like <laughs> pandemic related. Do you know sure. what I mean? Like okay. it's, it's like such a pastime of the pandemic that I feel like it's, it's almost a pop culture reference now, like baking bread during yeah. COVID. So you're fitting right in. Easter. I, um, I was going to make this bread, this kind of traditional French bread, um, Looks good. for Ashley's parents and stuff. This one. So actually this bread requires you to make a, a starter, um, mm, yeah. you know, with yeast flour and water. And so it, um, I made one and I wasn't sure if the starter had risen enough, so I made another one quick. Well, I used that second one to make the actual loaf of bread, but I had this first one left. I thought, well, maybe it's fine. So I just kind of like, like just experimented with it. So this is the total experiment. I took the okay. starter and then I just threw like an egg and some milk and sugar and uh, vanilla and instant coffee and a little butter and like, kind of got it to the consistency I wanted okay. um, and mix it with the starter and, and, and baked it. So this is the smaller loaf. It's not a, not an actual, any sort of bread, but it kind <laughs> of tastes like Japanese milk, like a Japanese milk bun, like milk bread. Okay. And this is the actual bread I was making. That looks cool. Um, yeah. And so you're supposed to use um, uh, orange blossom water for it which uh -huh. i did not have so i guess you could use lemon extract in place which i did okay. um but uh yeah uh it turned out really well i um i'm sure a bread expert would would dock me for something you know but uh it tasted good so i was gonna say we're so. not uh i'm not paul hollywood from great british baking show so you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm no bread expert, but having watched the entirety of that show, this looks pretty quality. I mean, nice. you know, yeah. got a good rise on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna, so I made, so a couple of sweeter breads. I forgot what I, th this holiday, I made some other breads too, or whatever, one other one, I guess. And like a pizza dough, but, um, I'm going to try to do sourdough next probably. So nice. I got this week. Yeah. That, uh, that I think has been everybody's go-to during COVID is sourdough. Oh that's yeah. What I feel, that's what I feel like everybody has baked. I see. Or like oh, made sourdough eat. starter. Mm hmm Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, the ingredients are incredibly simple. I think right. it literally just comes from leaving your starter longer than normal uh, to develop right. an extra bitter flavor. So. Exactly. But. Man, if everybody's done it, I don't want to do the same. <laughs> Be different, John. Something else. Yeah, this was like Paul. I don't know how to say it in French. Paul de Romans. Um, okay. I guess it's a traditional French bread that's made. Um, I mean, they for they Easter or? adapted it from someplace else, but yeah, they would often have it on Easter. So okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> that's Very that. Um, that's my life. You know, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been good. Less stressful than yours, <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, and... I mean, other than you know trying to keep a tiny human alive, my mm -hmm. my life is stress free. But unfortunately, you know, it's kind of a twenty four hour job <laughs> for now. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Especially because she's not talking and can't tell me what she needs. So it's a lot of right. guesswork. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, are you going to teach like multiple languages at once kind of thing or like early on? Ooh, have um, I have thought about that. Um, I, I kind of want to try because I have so much German family and like family that <laughs> lives in Germany. Um, and my, my aunt, my dad, my grandparents are all fluent in German. And <laughs> I mean, I understand it. I just have never like spoken it really. And I've tried throughout the years, like I've sort of like half gotten in and out of like different language programs and, you know, done, done some like Rosetta Stone, but never really committed. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, so I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to see if like, you know, maybe I can learn along with her. So it would exactly. be really fun. Say this would be the thing that would like keep you at it. Right, exactly. So, so I do the same thing with Japanese, you know, and like always drop off, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I very foolishly, I in high school, I decided that everybody was pressuring me to take German because they were like, oh, you have German family, like take German, take German. And so I was just like being rebellious and stubborn. And I was like, no, I'm going to take Spanish because, mm. you know, like so many people are, you yeah. know, in this country right. speak Spanish. And it, it's not like it didn't help me, but I just haven't used it as much as I like, thought I was going to. So now at this point, I'm just kind of mad at myself that I didn't take German. I don't think most of it is ultimately going to help you that much. It's just, I don't know. It's just more brain food. Mm -hmm. You know, it could come in handy. It's just another yeah. like mental muscle to flex and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just overall good, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it did help. It's helped twice when I've gone abroad. Um, in high school, we went to Italy and Spanish is just so close to Italian that like most of the time you could just, you know, substitute a few yep. words and get Figure the gist of what people noise. Yeah, get the yep. gist of what people were saying and and have some sort of like more rudimentary communication. Um and then a couple of years ago when my uncle got married, he went to Costa Rica and we all went, you know, down mm. for his wedding and then that was actually really helpful. Um yep. Thankfully I remembered enough of <laughs> the basics. Um, yeah. that, you know, I could, I could get by and ask for things and, or, and order things or ask for directions and things like that. So that was actually pretty helpful, but I think sometimes it's easy to underestimate what you've managed to retain. Cause I yeah. do that a lot too, like go to a Mexican restaurant or something and, oh, you know, more things than I think make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same with Japanese or whatever, just like we are used to knowing what you know. And it's like, oh, it's not too much. And I'm not fluent by any means, you know? Right, so then it's right. like, feel, feel down about it, but. Yeah. yeah, you can surprise yourself though, especially when you like it. You know, I always liked studying languages. So, you know, it's not that surprising that I would retain more than I think I would because I genuinely enjoyed it and I wanted to learn, so. Yep. Oh my God, if I was totally fluent in something else, I would have like, <laughs> An entire city or something in my D and D campaign speak yeah. that language, and so all the NPCs and they would be like, "Just figure it out, players." That's right. They don't know your language. That's right. So. <laughs> I uh, the only other language. God, this is gonna out me is so so nerdy. Um, the only other language that I like ever came close to like understanding slash kind of speaking was elvish like the tolkien you're elvish gonna go there yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the second i started off it's pretty obvious if you know me yeah. 
Yeah, I um I never did that, but I did learn how to write uh, like one to ten mm. in a fictional language from the game of Riven, so the sequel to Mist. Sure, yeah. Uh, I learned I learned some like uh, how to write my name and a few things like that. So don't sure. worry, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, but. those things seem so cool. Like you know. It's kind of like almost like writing in code, especially because they're not like yeah. the traditional languages. So you feel cool when you know it and you're like, check this out. Yep. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, Icelandic, you know Icelandic, Alan? Is what you're telling me? Or you want to know Icelandic? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just showing off now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of German, uh, something the Germans are well known for is beer. Um, Indeed. So we've got some beer holidays, huh? Yes, two in a row. Um, yesterday, it was New Beer's Eve, um, which I believe has to do with like a, a holiday that's like a taxation on... Yes. Oh, no. The Cullen Harrison Act signed into law. Um, so there there was, in 1933, uh, an act signed into law in the U.S., um, and it was uh, repealing prohibition. So that is now New Beer's Eve in the United okay. States. Um, it was 1933. So that was the official end of prohibition, okay. and I'm not sure why. Like, I think it—I think it's something to do with the language um, that was in the, this particular act, which is why we're celebrating beer in particular and not just like all liquors. Um, okay. But I'd have to—I'd have to go in and I say uh, I went to guess that that that's what the holiday's name is, marking it, you know, right? Marking event, but. Yeah, I'm not sure why that in particular. Um, again, I'd have to, I'd, I'd probably have to read it yep. a little bit more closely. But yeah, so that's uh, that's New Beer's Eve, uh, celebrating the end of Prohibition, and then today is National Beer Day. Ooh, woohoo! Nice. And then Friday is G and T Day, gin and tonic. Nice. Well, Alan's favorite on Friday. Is that your favorite, Alan? I mean, that's his go-to. That's one for of my sure. That's one of my go-tos as well. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, gin and tonic is something you. I feel like you can trust a lot of bartenders to make. Not always well, but at least it's you know something solid that should be in everybody's repertoire. Can't really yeah. mess it up too badly. You know, it's kind of one of those easy things. I, I'm gonna sidetrack us again then when it comes to the drinks easy to make and some of that because okay <laughs> in um in Fort Myers, Florida, the cocktails, I mean, I guess that people are looking for fruity tropical kind of drinks. So they indeed indeed did have that. Okay. But like getting a a good cocktail mm -hmm. was pretty difficult. Okay. And we keep finding that like um everything would be too sweet, like just about everything. And like, I know here and every place you can go and you can kind of tell when they're going to have good cocktails. So you can just yeah. see what's in them. And, uh, 
usually then, you know, you can order one of their specialties and it's awesome. But yeah, really not very good. And we ate a lot, we lot, ate a lot of great food, mm-hmm. um, but not a lot of great cocktails. And then I once asked for a Negroni and the way I, I got it back and I drank it and I was like, oh, that's, that's uh, extra bitter. That's strange, you know? And it, and it was in a like a Collins glass. It was tall. I'm like, that's a big Negroni. <laughs> like, right. what is going on? Um, well, it turns out she heard me say, she thought I heard said Campari. Oh, okay. Part of Negroni, but I literally right. had Campari on the rocks then. Wow. Okay. So that's the deal. That's why I it didn't like hit me like a ton of bricks, and it was extra bitter, and it was uh-huh. in a tall glass. So. <laughs> So yeah. you clearly had a bartender or or a waitress that did not know what was going on. Yeah, well, I mean, it was loud in there, but, you know, I, I don't know. Who orders a glass of Campari, I guess? Well, and, I mean, I I understand that, like, you know, it's it's hard to hear sometimes or, like, your brain just isn't quite with it and, you know, you don't hear something quite right and you think, you know, whatever. But Negroni and Campari don't exactly sound alike. No, no, you know, not, not close enough where I would have, you know, thought that's a mistake to make. Um, could have doubled in and said, what, what was that? Or right. I want to make sure you said what, right. Yeah. yeah. Just circle back and be like, ah, uh, you know, I just, I want to make sure I'm getting this right. I'm not sure I quite yeah. caught that, you know, and there's, there's other things that I would have like forgiven. Um, you know, like if somebody said, I want a whiskey seven and you brought them like a whiskey sour or like, sure. you know. Somebody said, just get in your head the one way for sure. Right. Right. Um, you know, or if they, they had said like, you know, I want rum and Coke and you brought rum and diet Coke or something, you know, there's, there's things that, you know, your brain just like doesn't translate, but that's, that's an interesting, interesting drink order. (laughs) So that's that. Are you, are you celebrating the holidays? It kind of looks like it to me. I am. I am. Uh, now that I am able to. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of good to be back. So <laughs> I am celebrating the day that is today, National Beer Day. Cheers. Got, got my pint right here. Cheers. Clink. Um, and speaking of German, uh, <laughs> this is what I'm drinking. Bitburger. Nice. Oops. Yep. There we go. Um, Bitburger. It's my, uh, my German grandfather's favorite beer. So. Nice. Raising a glass in his honor. I should have grabbed a German beer too. <laughs> Not from Germany, but German style. So that's right. Well, and how and how well, did you know we were going to talk about Germany? But what do you got for I, us? <laughs> I've got uh, you know, uh, Pipeworks brewing blood of the unicorn. Mm. How is that blood of the unicorn? Is it magical? It's it's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> good what stuff. kind of brew is it? Oh, it's a red, red ale? Yep, but a hoppy red ale. So. Okay. Well, that makes sense. If it's unicorn blood, it's got to be red. That's right. Poor unicorns. We salute <laughs> those that have lost their lives in the making of this beer. <laughs> so. Uh, Alan's celebrating, Floyd too. Zombie dust. Yeah. Nice. I mean, what a surprise. Like, I, if, if, <laughs> if someone said, like, bet a million, you know, I'll give you a million dollars. You can guess what Alan's drinking, which beer it would be this, but I would actually put it on pseudo Sue. 
Like that would be the one oh, okay. I would pick. But this would probably be my second choice if I was gonna um, try to win a million dollars to guess what Alan's drinking. So. I also would have said Zombie Dust. I would not have. I would not have said Pseudo Sue. So you got mm. me there. All right. Um, okay. So that's uh, that's what's been going on our uh, in our lives. Um, right now, you know us better. You know, if you didn't uh, know us before, you can decide now. You know, are we uh, are we boring <laughs> people? Are we cool people? You know, and then um, you know, we tune in accordingly. Um, we got. A new, we've got a new net, not Netflix. I'm losing it. We've got a new <laughs> Disney Plus show. A new Marvel say, Disney Plus show. I'm the one who just had a kid. I'm the one who's supposed to be confused, John. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just like lack of of transitioning thing here is just it's it's throwing me. So <laughs> well, it's um, because it's because you have my uh, my nameplate today, so you're you're getting all of my tiredness and confusion. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm transferring it to you. Have it, have it. Nice. Um, so we'll be talking Falcon and Winter Soldier episodes yeah. one and two. So spoilers are about to be um, on their way. I mm -hmm. did want to like open up with a little bit that I learned about the Marvel television Disney Plus shows, their their sure. Disney Plus efforts that um, it makes sense, but bothers me nonetheless. Okay. It's that um, I guess Kevin Feige said that they're not the shows are not required viewing. So basically, mm. the mainline cinema films are the ones that are kind of leaning on each other a lot, and a lot of big things can happen. You okay, know, things that really change the universe, or like you know, a character dies, or something tragic, or whatever, something meaningful, basically. Um, that stuff is going to be resolved for the films and not for the Disney Plus shows. And to me, that's a real bummer because, yeah. you know, I kept waiting in WandaVision for like more big things to happen. Like ultimately, I was happy with how the show was, but I wanted like, you know, I wanted Doctor Strange to pop in there and I wanted yeah. to see more things that uh, really, you know, would drive us towards the Doctor Strange film and the other films. And now they know this, we're, we're never going to get that because mm -hmm. they want to make sure that you can go from seeing Endgame to, you know, Black Widow mm -hmm. to whatever the next one, you know, and, and you don't need to have consumed any of the other content. And I, I'm really bummed about this because I feel yeah. like it cheapens the value of the Disney Plus shows. They're filler, you know, they're, 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 they're stuff that they, they give, um, it doesn't mean they can't be good shows and they can mm -hmm. add value to the rest of the universe, but mm -hmm. I, I, they, they shouldn't be, um, given the second class citizen kind of treatment. Yeah. So. I, I completely agree with you here. Um, and I'll have to, I want, I'm now curious to go look that up and, uh, read yeah. a little bit more about what exactly was said. But I mean, I feel like that's a mistake for a couple of different reasons. Number one, primarily like monetarily, because you're not giving people a reason then to go feel like they need to have Disney plus and need right. to see these shows, which I mean, 
you know, nobody ever really needs to. Everybody obviously has their own personal choices. But if you kind of get a pass from Kevin Feige saying like, oh, no, you don't really need to see these shows, then, yeah, you know, they're they're going to be squandering a lot of potential viewership right there, you know, for people who may have been yeah. on the fence but been like, ah, you know, I really – I just got to see what happens in WandaVision or I have to see what happens between Falcon and Winter Soldier. So that seems like a mistake in that sense. It also seems like a mistake in not valuing the stories that you have to tell in this new medium and with these other characters that are going to be moving forward and frontlining your next phase of the Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Yep. Um, these are the people who are sticking around to go into this next phase. Why wouldn't you want people to become more invested in their characters and become more yep. invested in their stories? And and then, therefore, when the movies come out, really care what happens. Because you're now taking a gamble that, you know, people who haven't seen WandaVision are going to care that Scarlet Witch is in the second Doctor Strange um, and going to be a big part of it from what I understand. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not understanding where this statement came from. And I'm really disappointed to hear that as well, because like you said, and it does sort of cheapen the experience for us, for those of us who are tuning in and excited about these shows. Like I was really, really excited about WandaVision. Um, and I still am because I still think there were some big moments, you know, especially, I mean, you know, spoiler alert for our previous show where we discussed this, but, you know, for White Vision who came in, you know, that's yep. kind of a big moment to just now say, like, doesn't really mean anything or or we're not going to do anything with. Yep. And, you know, like there's there's a there's a, a line here because, of course. Each film needs to. Each thing needs to be able to stand on their own. Yeah. You know, but. That doesn't mean, I mean, movies handle this all the time in like recaps or something like that, you mm -hmm. know, flashbacks or of large scale things that happen. Right. And it's kind of one of the, um, the amazing things that Marvel has going for them is that they largely do have a fan base that will see each thing and yes. really keep up, you yep. know, and especially when we've had less like well-marketed mainstream you know, triple A films or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. um, people are ready for it and watching it. And to me, it seems short sighted that they have to know that the future in the future, all of their stuff is going to come to Disney plus yep. day, day and date. Like that is their future of, yep. of consuming all of their content. So eventually it will all be the same you know, be up, put on the same platform. Mm -hmm. So why not get, ahead, you know, why not admit that now and go that direction? Right. Um, right. All of their, their previously released, you know, Marvel entertainment is already there. So, yep. I mean, what, what really is the difference then? Yeah. What's, what's the point in, in, like I said, devaluing the show that you're making on this platform and that could potentially draw in viewership and, you know, draw not only for Disney Plus, but for theatrical releases. Yep. Because, I mean, people should care. I mean, if yep. if Sam, um, you know, kind of 
pre-spoiler alert, I guess now, if Sam Falcon is really going to be the next Captain America, you know, TBD, um, then why in the world wouldn't you want to watch that journey? And why wouldn't you want, you know, more of your viewers to watch that right. journey if that's indeed what's going to be happening in Falcon and Winter Soldier? So. Well, and see, you can see how they have that set up. So at the end of Endgame, you know, Steve Rogers is offering him the shield. Mm-hmm. So then presumably he will become Captain America at the end mm-hmm. of this series. And then by the next time we see him, he'll be Captain America. So none of this actually mattered other than to see the journey. Right. Because to the audience that didn't see the show, oh, well, Steve Rogers offered him the shield. Clearly right. he said, yes, case closed. Right. But for those of us who are watching, now we're getting like the nuance of, you yeah. know, his yeah. journey there. So that's that's the right word for it. These shows are going to offer nuance. They're mm-hmm. going to offer backstory. They're going to, you know, and again, they can be entertaining that way. I just, I wish that there was always the potential that something crazy is going to happen. Yes. You know, and to not have that sad. And I, I think where I heard this, I, I wrote this in the thing a while ago, was sure. uh, from Grace of um, Beyond the Trailer, I believe. Oh, okay. is I'd heard that from, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I'd like to look up more too, like what specifically. And I think, regardless, they're going to change stance. I think that. I think they have know, to. When they're inevitably forced to put, um, put, uh, what is it? Um, Scarlet Witch, not Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch, um, the Black Widow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> eventually, inevitably put Black Widow and release it and finally and put it on a streaming service. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, as we move forward, they're gonna they're gonna change change their tune. But yeah, I hope it just so. explains some stuff for WandaVision for me, I guess. So yeah, I mean, it does kind of explain perhaps why, um, you know, Quicksilver wasn't Quicksilver. You know, our whole yep. like Pietro, fake Pietro, yep. you know, thoughts. Um, that would be why you know, it never amounted to anything because an, an X-Men crossover would have been way too big then yep. if, if this exactly. show, if, if this is their thinking and, and that the shows, you know, can't do anything big because we can't have anybody miss anything big. That's not in a movie. Then this would explain it. This, this is yep. exactly why, um, doesn't lessen my disappointment any, right. <laughs> Cause I still think it's wrong on both levels that they, you know, they didn't do this like, you know, big crossover didn't take that opportunity. And then it also doesn't lessen my disappointment that this is their approach to it. Like we're going to make a, we're going to make a quality product because I think WandaVision was a quality product, but we're going to be very careful and sort of make like this lighter, fluffier, you know, less, less necessary version of itself and, and not let it reach its full potential because we can't do anything big. And so yep. you've really kind of limited yourself creatively. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that was my little piece there. And, um, um, but now we can like readjust our expectations going forward. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it, it kind of actually makes me wonder, um, or it makes me think about, you know, some of my thoughts on these first two episodes of, you know, the show and kind of makes me wonder if like, this isn't an explanation for, I felt like some of the unevenness of the story, 
some of the character flip-flops that I felt were going on, especially in the second episode. Um, I didn't really feel that um, either Sam or Bucky were written very... Um, Confidently? Yeah, not very strongly, not very confidently. They kind of... Their, their scenes sometimes sort of felt patched together and that they flip-flop stances from one scene to another, especially regarding, spoiler alert, um, this new Captain America. You know, one second they were all like hard line, like, how dare you? Steve Rogers is Captain America and we can't do anything and we, we don't want to talk to you. And then the next scene they'd be like, oh, let's like work together. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Oh, maybe let's do it. Let's share information. Uh, let's not. Like, I really had a hard time with the second episode. And I felt like the writing was very uneven. It's, but so yeah, we can get into it. Um, <laughs> uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier episode one and yeah. episode two, um, kind of. So we get the setup of the idea that Sam Falcon is working um, kind of a, as a government agent. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, making good use of his his wingsuit and we get uh <laughs> we get a pretty big action sequence to begin with and mm-hmm. um we get introduced to this idea of a kind of a new group that's sort of the threat of the show at this mm-hmm. point um what was their name again flag the smashers one... yes flag smashers yep that's right terrible and, name um yeah, it's not a very catchy name. I like the logo. It's a nice logo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did too. And, I know, thought that was mantra. well thought out. Yeah, like it feels like a like a thing, you know. I just yeah, like smashes a little, little. Uh, I don't know, but um, it's a little childish. It's like a little rudimentary. It doesn't really strike sure. strike fear or seem like a good organization. It it almost sounds like like. I don't know, like a thing you would name your flag football team or something, you know, like an elementary <laughs> gym class. We're the flag smashers. Like, sure. no. Yeah, but. it's a Mario speed run team. Yeah. Let's get jump up and get the flag first. <laughs> um, so I should have looked at the directors between episode one and two because it must be a different director. Um, because um I felt like I for sure in the first episode enjoyed some of the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, um, there was this window shot that I noted that was really nice. I think it was raining, um, by the restaurant. Oh yeah, uh, sure. There was a Bucky in therapy and mm-hmm. sort of, um, it was like mostly his head and then a lot of head space. And it was kind of like given an idea of, of drowning. They're both oh, yeah. directed by the same person. Says Alan, uh, Carrie, uh, uh, Scoglin. Scoglin, yeah. Which okay. is, is so surprising to me because, uh, episode two seemed pretty disjointed. And, um, yes. yeah, I don't know how you want to tackle these. I guess I, um, um, in the first episode, I still liked, um, um, the, the relationships that Bucky had and mm. seeing why he was forming yeah. those and stuff, his relationship with the old guy and stuff that had some, some weight to it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What are kinds of thoughts did you have on episode one and stuff? Yeah. I, I really like you. I really enjoyed episode one. 
Um, I thought it was well put together. It was a good introduction. Um, you know, we, we got to see both the, the separate lives of Bucky and Sam. And I thought those were, were nice grounding features of the episode. Um, you know, we saw Sam and, you know, his, his ground support who is like the, you know, kind of young, naive soldier who just wants to help and get in there and, you know, get in on the action. I kind of thought for maybe half a second, he was going to be, you know, part of this like flag smashers group because, you know, that's always, sure. that's always like a surprise twist, you know, like yep. somebody's close friend is like, you know, gets seduced into this stuff, but, but he seems on the up and up for now. Um, and kind of, he's going to be kind of comic relief, I think. And so their, their relationship was kind of fun to see on, on the work side. And then of course we got Sam's sister and his two nephews, you know, so we got some of his home life, his home struggles, um, which were a little unbelievable, um, you know, because he had that whole, like, I'm going back down to my family, you know, my family home and, and my family business and my business is struggling, you know, somehow he couldn't get a bank loan, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, that's that's one of the, the most unbelievable parts, you know, in a, yeah. in a show that had like people flying around like, you know, little flying squirrels in their wingsuits and, you know, zipping yeah. in and out of canyons and stuff. I found the denial of a bank loan much more ridiculous, but um, I, maybe yeah. nitpicky, but, you know. Well, it's so it's so absurd, though. It is so because, absurd. I mean, all you have to do is think about for a little bit. And if this bank didn't give you a loan, like, I mean, <laughs> like, you, any other bank would take you. Oh, yeah. superhero extraordinaire, you want to be part of our bank? Absolutely. Exactly. Would you like to take a photo with us shaking hands? Can we put a plaque of your face on the wall? Exactly. Are you kidding me? Is is so absurd. Yes. I just, like, I mean, it, I, like, that's not to say, like, that um, they can't have a thing where, you know, they can't play an element where he, you know, ever just because you're a superhero, that just uh, the state is just treating you well and, like, everything right. is easy or something like that, you know? Right. But th this is not an example to use here uh, exactly. that made any sense. In, in fact, it would make more sense for... Um, him to come in and like be going to take care of all this stuff very easily and obviously and his sister not being for that like wanting yes. to do it on her own like like you left us you've abandoned us here i'm going to make this work on my own or that's it you know or, right. or I'm shutting down you know like you you dropped out a long time ago right i don't want your help here you know like a pride element or something that right. would make more sense Right. That's a, that's a logical conflict right there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and it's one that the show kind of starts to set up and then immediately backs down from, and then presents exactly. like yep. this other issue that's standing in the way. Um, so yeah, so that, that was a really, really weird part. Um, but I mean, on, on the whole, like I said, I, I did enjoy overall, like learning more about their backstories, kind of learning more about, you know, where Sam is coming from in his personal life. Um, and then, you know, we got, we got Bucky's side of it too. You know, like you had mentioned, obviously Bucky's in therapy, which we learn is court mandated as part of his pardon. Um, yep. you know, he doesn't really have a whole lot of friends, but we do learn that Sam has been reaching out to him. He's kind of, um, oh, are you, are you responding to Alan? 
Yeah. The Human Torch yeah. was denied a bank. That's that's one of uh, Ron Burgundy's uh, warm-ups in Anchorman. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's funny. I, um, I... Sorry. Chris loves that movie so much. I could probably quote you, like, literally everything from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, that's one of his warm-ups when he's preparing to go on camera. So. Nice. Um, but yeah, so, so we learned that, you know, Bucky is kind of floating around friendless. He's going to therapy because he's, he's having all of these nightmares about the things that he's done in the past as the winter soldier. He's trying to make amends for those things, you know, kind of unevenly. Some of it's working out, some of it's not, you know, so he's kind of having his own struggles. Um, and, and I, I found episode one actually, I think to be smoother because, Bucky and Sam were separate and they were doing their own things that made sense to me. And then I felt like in episode two, they were very unorganically thrown together and just sort of like had to learn how to deal with each other because they were going to go do stuff together, but it really didn't make any sense. Why, you know, in, in the first one, we, in the first episode, we watched Sam give up the shield. And I remember thinking like, this is a mistake. And I get that Bucky would also think it's a mistake. Especially, you know, both because, um, you know, any any decision that Steve Rogers made, Bucky would feel was right. Um, And then also because by giving up the shield, you allow for the potential of somebody else to take it, which the government does and decides to create this like new Captain America, which is so ridiculous. Like, it's just it's so implausible that anyone would care about this new Captain America. Like, I I get why the government would do it. Oh, I totally, totally, I agree with you. The government would totally do this. They would totally think it's a great idea. You know, it's, it's, they're, they're very much creating a role that they want, um, similar to when Captain America was first created, like largely symbolic, like wave at the people, go on Good Morning America, you know, sell war bonds or, you know, do whatever the equivalent is in this day and age of that. Totally get it. Yeah. High five people at football games and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they were really prepared for where this guy is going to take Captain America, much like they weren't prepared with Steve Rogers. So tell me how, um, because there's only a few Marvel movies I haven't seen. And one of Mm -hmm. them is actually the first Captain America. Mm. So in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Mm I mean, I understand that Steve Rogers, skinny dweeb, wants to be useful in the military. Yes. Can't hack it. Yep. They he agrees to be part of the, the super soldier program, gets mm-hmm. the super soldier serum. Um, and there we have buff guy and he can be in the military now. Yes. How does the suit and the actual like Captain I am Captain America? How does that come to be? Is that like an internal thing? Is that thrust upon him? Yes. Whose idea is that? What role does he? You know, like how does that go? Yeah. So so it starts out that um, you know he's obviously given given the the super soldier serum and he thinks like boy you know now I have the chance to actually do things go on missions and. Um, you know, that's, that's what Abraham Erskine or Erskine, I can't remember how you pronounce, pronounce his name. That's, that's his intent as well in creating the serum and giving it to Steve. 
um, who he sees as this like really selfless guy. So that's their idea. But then like military higher ups, you know, basically like the, the military brass bureaucrats are like, no, we want you to be a symbol. We want our front man. You know, we've designed this suit, you know, you're going to have the shield, but it's, it's not like his vibranium shield. It's, you know, just like a, a toy. Um, Yep. It's like a little piece of plastic kind of thing. And they have him go out and perform in the USO and, you know, buy war bonds, support the war effort. And he like goes out and it goes into like these little theatrical scenes where he like punches out the Nazis and, you know, fights for America and, and all the values of America. But it's like this total pageantry, you know, right. like he comes to the U S and he's at radio city hall and he's got the rockets behind him and, you know, it's this whole sense of showmanship and he, he actually yep. gets to do nothing. So that's kind of what they're playing off of here in creating new right. captain America. He's not doing anything, you know, he's going on good morning America. Oh yeah. Nice shot, Alan. Um, so you can see like captain America here originally doesn't even have like his real shield, you know, the yep. one that he ends up with the iconic one. Um, you can see his gloves are like this latexy, sad rubber, He's got like the sad rubber ears and all of that stuff. So um, it's, it's a throwback for certain, but it's, you know, yeah. it's, there's nothing useful about this suit. Right. So, so yeah, so that's what they're kind of doing here with the new Captain okay. America. And then somehow in the second episode, this new Captain America is like coming on missions and kind of being like a giant asshole and being like, Hey, you know, I'm going to do some shit, stay out of my way. Like, yep. which, which he clearly has no position to be doing because he hasn't taken any sort of like super soldier serum. He's just like regular Joe kind of getting in there. And yep. I have no idea how he thinks he's going to hang with anybody from the Avengers, but he does. Well, I mean, it, like in fairness, they add a lot of, they have a lot of, of side characters that, you know, aren't, particularly superhuman and they all play mm -hmm. a role. So I think that, you know, they can always make someone play a role properly. You just, yeah. you're know, going to go toe to toe in the same way that others are. Um, but yeah, I guess obviously like Sam is isn't, isn't anybody who's like, you know, yeah, like he's not Hulk smashing anybody or anything, but you know, he's got his own set of like, I've got the Falcon wings. I've got red wing. Well, he used to have Red Wing. <laughs> yeah. You know, he had he had things to contribute. Yep. I mean, um, I it's I guess it's kind of a unique thing about Captain America then in the MCU is mm -hmm. that, you know, if you look at Hulk or Iron Man or Thor, you know, Iron Man is a billionaire that develops his own crazy weaponry and suit. Mm -hmm. um thor is literally like a god or demigod mm -hmm. um it, captain america then is a mascot mm -hmm. you know and i think it, to me in the films he obviously becomes to a point where he transcends that you don't think of that and he he defies orders and stuff and that's kind of i i made a comment somewhere about that like how this captain america is seeing this as a job like Here's mm -hmm. the job I have. I am now filling the role of Captain America. And I'm basically a soldier still. But mm -hmm. now I get more FaceTime with the media. 
and I represent yeah. something more. Whereas um, other heroes are going to be like, I do what my conscience tells me to do. Like, right. I know I, I have my, my um, understanding of right and wrong, and I will enforce those things. And Captain America is kind of the exemplary standard of that, or mm -hmm. it's supposed to be, you know. Um, and so he's, it's, it's weird. Uh, I don't like the idea of him being replaced, but I think for the universe, it makes complete sense that he would be. And that's where, yeah, if, if he's chosen a successor, knowing that it's going to happen and mm -hmm. he chooses Sam, it is definitely a mistake for him to not take the role. But at the same time, you think, well, like, he's not a super, he did not take super soldier serum, mm -hmm. you know, now he wouldn't be any, you know, it'd be the same situation as, uh, you know, his new guy here, but. You right. Know. Yeah. And I get that, that Sam would have reservations. I mean, it's, you know, it's imposter syndrome. Like you don't feel worthy of stepping into the mantle. Oh, yeah. You think like, boy, there must be a mistake. Like I'm not, you know, who am I to, to step in this role? I would, I would totally and completely understand all of Sam's reservations there. And I also follow why Bucky has a hard time with that because he thinks, boy, if, you know, if Sam thinks Steve made a mistake in, in, you know, giving him the mantle of Captain America, like what else could Steve have made a mistake yeah. about? Obviously me, you know, he's got his own insecurities that are at play here. And um, I, I, that was probably for me, one of the realest moments of the show and one of the realest sure. moments of, Sam and Bucky's like interactions. Um, and unfortunately that was kind of, that was overshadowed by a lot of clunkiness in other areas in trying to make them this like odd couple, this like offbeat buddy cop, you know, team yeah. that um, really, I just, I didn't feel that chemistry flowing in either of the episodes, which I think again is why I liked episode one more where they were separate and their, their lives made more sense to me rather than episode two, having, having them thrown together. I really like, I felt a chemistry in the, like a particular, a starting scene when they first got together in episode two, but it kind of quickly fell apart in the way it yeah. was done and that it felt really, it felt really forced because. Yeah. It, that therapy was, scene was rough. Yeah. It gave us tonal problems of the show mm -hmm. because in the first one, largely it felt pretty serious yep. and relatively down to earth. Um, and they were both, I mean, the things they were dealing with, you know, whether it's family issues or, um, you know, the issues of my past when I was, right. you know, uh, under yeah. control. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough things to deal with. And then they get together and then they start like fight. It's, like you say, buddy cop, but they're in that fighting stage to begin with, where they don't mm -hmm. want to be you know, be with each other. You know, it's um, it's a lethal weapon. You know, I, yeah. you don't want they don't want to be partners at first, kind of thing, and then they eventually will be in. But it was at, trying to add a comedy that didn't fit with mm -hmm. the show. I agree. Um, like how many times they're counting? You know, how many people are there in the warehouse or whatever? You know, yeah. kind of like separately within the tonal space of a lot of other Marvel movies that could make sense. But what, what they had given us thus far, it didn't. 
Yes. Um, and so, yeah, tonal shifts, feeling weird. And then I just felt, yeah, you said it too. It was just disjointed the way that episode two flowed from one point to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that didn't really make sense, you know, like in episode one, we had the the loan that didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the kind of the one thing. And then in episode two, we had um, one was the um, kind of jumping around to different places. Like Bucky is, I'm going to forcibly bring myself with you. Yeah. Thing for, well, I don't know. Just so I get a chance to yell at you more. Maybe yeah. it's a cry. Like I no really apparent do reason. have someone hang with. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise we, we don't, we don't understand that. Um, then bringing uh, Sam to this other guy that had give, been given the superhero soldier, super soldier serum. Isaiah. For, yeah. I'm not sure what reason. Like they literally went there. He yelled at them for a moment and they left. Yes. Why couldn't have Bucky said that it was like said, Hey, there's this other guy, you know, other people have been given the superhero. So super soldier serum. Right. (laughs) And, um, it it just said that, you know, like, yeah, it was a completely unnecessary detour. Um, like entire trip. Yeah. Or even, even had Bucky said, um, listen, you know, there's this other guy that I know I met back in this time period, you know, super, super soldier serum has been given to more people than you realize, you know, here's an example. And then Sam had said like, Oh, like show me even that like two second lead up would have been more convincing than just being like, there's something you have to see. And then we're going to go to this house. I'm going to show you this guy. He's going to yell at us and we're going to leave. And then we're not even going to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't even like a, well, here was the point of that. Here's our, you know, our takeaway from going to visit him. There was nothing. It was just like shoehorned scene and almost like a weird reason for them to like be in this neighborhood, get stopped by the cops. Bucky's arrested because nowhere, but that was a weird scene. Yeah. Uh, Because sure. Because now like that, that gives us a reason to go into our court mandated therapy and to drag Sam along into that, who also really didn't need to be in the therapy scene. You know, right. there was nothing, there was nothing bringing him there. There was nothing keeping yeah. him in therapy the way that there wasn't anything keeping Bucky in the plane to go on this mission. You know, they're, well, they're just the not coming act- in They're They're just not coming up with like really compelling reasons to bring them together in these moments. Yep. I mean, the therapist act as if she had some authority because it's like, this is not a request, right. you know? And but like, oh, is she like a higher up somehow? Like she's kind of, she does, she can't order these two around some way or whatever. But then Sam's just like, no, I'm done. I don't have time for this and walks out. Right. So and she's just like, cool, therapist fun. That is like, yeah. Um, and like, were we supposed to have fun with that therapy scene or was it supposed to be serious? And I, I understand you can have those switches. Like you can have those moments where something is fun and then you get the heart of it, you know, mm-hmm. it just wasn't, it wasn't coming off, you know, I, there, right. it's like, I don't know if they're telling them to ad lib, you know, like, Hey, you guys, you guys, cause they get along very well in real life. <laughs> yeah. You know, watch their interviews together. They have great banter and you know, it's, it's good. 
but it's not translating. Uh, and I, I feel like they're trying to take that real life thing and mm -hmm. put it in here maybe or something. I don't know. I agree. Um, because, I, and I think the problem is the tone shifts too quickly. It doesn't feel organic. Like, like you mm -hmm. said, there's, there's certainly, you know, possibility for, you know, the funny moments juxtaposed with the more serious ones. And the therapy scene could have been a really great example of that. Like they're little like, oh, we're going to like shift at each other and like look at each other and now our knees are together. And that was funny. Like I, I you know, yeah, like this whole like getting into position where they're like getting intimate or whatever, and they're supposed to be getting real with each other. That was funny. But then you need a bit more of a gradual shift into getting real. And it felt like the therapist after doing this and they're like having a staring contest and they're being childish and it's funny. She yep. asks one question, one very like innocuous non-leading question. And Bucky just like bursts out with all of this personal information. You know, she's just, you know, like, why, why are you so upset at Sam? And he's like, because if, you know, he's wrong, if Steve Rogers was wrong about Sam being Captain America, he's wrong about me. And, you know, all of this like big revealing stuff. And it's like, wow, that that's too quick. Like, I need you to be, you know, maybe more resistant to this. What's happening right now. I need you to, you know, maybe deflect a little bit more, you know, mm -hmm. have, have a couple extra beats in there before we get to something so explosively real that it makes, you know, Sam walk out of the session. Yep. When two seconds earlier, like they were literally having a staring contest with each other oh. and acting like little children. Like, like an angry one. <laughs> You yeah. know, they're still having, like I say, that thing where it's like they want to joke around, but they're mad at each They've got to be mad yeah. at each other. So, I don't know. I, it, uh, the, the episode two, or episode one was a, a, a decent enough base for me. Mm -hmm. And then episode two fell all over the place. Yes. Um, so, I don't know. Um, what do you think of, like, the, or you were, sorry, you were going to say something? No, I was just going to say that that um, I I felt myself in episode two thinking about WandaVision and thinking about how even though, you know, in the first couple episodes, really substantial things weren't happening and we were all kind of confused by the the direction that the show was going, I was still really engaged. Like everything within the episode made sense as you watched yeah. it and and things flowed very naturally and everybody was kind of you know holding up their end and there were no like big gaps or shifts or whatever even though you know obviously we were all in the dark as to what this whole like sitcom routine was really about yep everything fit and i felt myself in episode two my mind was kind of wandering into the the fact of like i don't know who's doing the writing for this if it's the same team but they're not making things fit the way the way that you know we just saw in wandavision yep you know you don't think about it normally i guess but the way that the you know the way that they handled tonal shifts um, in WandaVision made perfect sense because mm -hmm. you'd have the whole episode, so it's set up as like a you know '50s sitcom or whatever, and so it's mm -hmm. very you know it's the canned audience laughter. It's you know it the whole and the whole episode kind of goes with that, mm -hmm. and then you it makes the moments that 
um, are out of place or serious really stand out. Yes. And yeah, those those moments fit. Like when they're at, you know, when they're at dinner at the first one or whatever. And um they just like the guys uh guys choking, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. All of a sudden things get serious. Um, right, things fall sense. apart. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's not throughout the entire episode or whatever, but it just like with those little bullet points that you know, it, that show managed to keep us intrigued, you know, it yes. pulled us along with the mystery or whatever. Like, I'm surprised we, I guess they don't have many episodes to deal with in this. So mm-hmm. they do have to move some of the things fast. Like I, I thought we could have been more, um, a little more mystified at first by this group, you know, for a little longer or something, but like all of a sudden we saw them right away, you know, yeah. <laughs> this attack and they have superpowers and some of that, but yeah um and even even yeah like thinking about you know what's clearly going to be our adversary in in this show you know the flag smashers um even seeing like their whole like bank robbery you know set up that that you know felt like okay so we're gonna get you know a little peek at, at what they can do and how organized this group is and and that's interesting but then yeah like you said we we kind of delved right into like now we're going to like get into character development and um, you know, we're, we're suddenly going to be thrust into like, you know, here's the leader of the flag smashers and here's how she's reacting to like her lieutenants and, you know, things like that, that, that did feel really sudden, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, especially that the only, the only real interactions we'd gotten before were just like this, like cut scene of, you know, of of demonstrating what they're capable of and their interactions um with Torres. Um I think that's his name, Buck, uh Sam's ground crew guy. Oh, um okay. so yeah, so it did feel really sudden and like we're we're just like making all of these jumps in episode two that, you know, are maybe gonna be our jumping off points for the later episodes. But in this one, um yeah, just just feels too much too soon. And the the guy, the one guy that stood stayed behind from the flag smashers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he have to die? Like he really didn't slow him down at all. Like he yeah. could have just pushed over that telephone pole and then got out of there. Right. Because all you did is push down the pole and then stand there and run at them for three seconds as they gunned you down. Right. Like that seemed like a meaningless death there. Right. But it's going to be meaningful in the sense of like, we're going to like, you know, our leader's going to avenge it now, or like, it's a, it's a human moment and we care for each other. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I had the, the sense that it was supposed to be meaningful, but like you said, I just, I didn't feel it was very necessary. Yeah. It just like, you know, Oh, I'm going to run at them knowing they're going to shoot me down. Yeah. Like poor guy making this sacrifice that I, I didn't feel anything about. So. Yeah. Yeah, on the whole, it sounds like we we both kind of, you know, are struggling with with the unevenness of this show, you know, and I I hope that it gets better because we like you said, we have six episodes. And if we're having this many problems in the second episode, that's a third of the show already gone. Yep. And uh, you don't really have a whole lot left to fix it if this is, you know if this is like the direction we're going and if this is going to be like part of the next couple of episodes, this show is really going to struggle. You know, maybe they're going to solidify like 
a real reason that they're together better, you know, and they're going to get along. They need to. They're going to flow more smoothly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that they needed some some time to reconsider why these two would be involved with one another. Mm -hmm. You know, other than other than you know, kind of on a like a very wide view makes sense because they're both so close to Steve. Yeah. You know? So that makes sense that they'd be involved there, but then why do they continue to be involved together and why does that uh why does that have to be a thing? So Yeah. Yeah, I think like it would have made more sense maybe that, you know, if um Bucky is trying to right the wrongs of his past that you know, if Sam like, and he gets into trouble doing that and mm-hmm. uncovers this stuff that Sam is also work. He's been tracking himself, like, so this organization or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of are end up, they're working t- at the same enemy group here. So mm-hmm. flag smashers, you know, whatever. So they're both managed to get involved in this. And now yeah. it's like, makes sense for them to work together to bring them down versus, uh, versus apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think they really could have taken some time and figured out why these two were going to be brought together in a much more organic way. Um, because there, there were some continuity things that just didn't quite make sense in terms of, you know, when Bucky's in therapy, um, his therapist is like, Hey, you know, I see that Sam's been reaching out to you. Well, these are two people who don't seem like Sam's been reaching out. You know what I mean? When they first interact with each other, Sam gives no indication, like, thanks for responding to all of my text messages or, you know, like, Oh, good to see you. Glad to see you're still alive. You remember that, you know, thing I talked about or whatever, like there's no, there's almost no connection with each other. It's like, they've just like, you know, just seen each other for the first time. Well, I think um, it was a mishandling of how Bucky would react. I because, agree. Because Sam says like, uh, you know, good to see you too, or something like that, you know, because Bucky comes in and it goes right at him. Right. And I feel like that's, I mean, I don't know, I guess, uh, however they, they view the character, but it seemed like starting themselves off on the wrong foot. You right. know, it, it would make more sense that he would, come in and be disappointed, express disappointment with Sam or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, but also understand like the hard decision he's had to make or, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever the decision, instead of like coming in hot, you know? Yeah. And so it started them up right away as like in a confrontational manner and really Mm -hmm. didn't feel like there was a friendship there, you know? Right. Which, which you would think there would be. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they've they've worked together enough. We've seen them in, um, you know, the the main movies work together. Yeah. Um. So so there there's almost a sense of like having no past. Their first interaction is yeah. almost a sense of having no past, which we know that they do. And then the, I think the other odd part for me was, you know, this this mission that Bucky basically invites himself along on. Um, and they're confronted by the flag smashers, you know, driving these these trucks of vaccines or whatever exactly that they're doing, which also didn't quite make a whole lot of sense to me. But, you know, this is their big moment, their first confrontation with the, the flag smashers. They don't seem to know how to work together at all. Yeah. You know, they're they're fighting completely separately. 
and suddenly Bucky is, you know, overtaken, which fine. These guys have super soldier serum. You know, there's more of them. Bucky's not ready. Sure. But then somehow the only thing Sam can think to do is to take him out of there. And, and that's it. They're like done with the fight. They're just like, yeah, it ends. And they don't, they don't try to like do anything else with it. They almost like ignore the fact that, you know, they're basically leaving this average Joe Captain America and his sidekick alone with super soldiers. And they just start like walking down the road and bantering. And you're like, I'm sorry, were were you, yeah, were were you just like on a mission? Were you, you know, did you care at all about what was happening? Who was there? What, you know, they just sort of like, are like, okay, well, I guess we're done with that. Get in the truck and go after him. Right. You know, like, I mean, like, I know they smashed Red Wing, but, you know, Falcon still has Falcon wings. So, like, we're not even trying to, like, get back there. I don't know. It just, it it was another, like, continuity thing that it's like, I get that this is, like, an offbeat, you know, odd couple teaming. But at some points, you seem to suggest that there's history and familiarity. And at some points, you completely ignore it. And it's another one of those, like, you know, evenness of flow that doesn't quite make sense. You can't, you can't have them have a history and then conveniently ignore that history at the same time. Yep. They start, they started that large confrontation too quickly. Yes. Like that, you know, there needed to be some detective work, some tracking, some, Mm -hmm. you know, you find a person, you deal with, you know, try to figure out what they're up to or whatever before, like you're on to their whole caravan Right. You got them here. Right. You get now. You get what do we do up. with them? <laughs> yeah. You get you get beat up, and then they keep driving away, and now that's it. Well, now the group knows you're after them for one. You know, you've right. really blown blown this, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how. It's it's tough with these shows too. They come out weekly or whatever. You know, see, because mm-hmm. you know, I had that with Wandavision. It's like, well. Mm-hmm some of this is going to be dependent on what comes next. Yes. You know, how I'm going to feel about this. And um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, but they can't fix, they can't fix their disjointedness with whatever comes next. That's, right. Uh, that's stuck. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, the third one is out. Um, probably going to try and watch that. Not tonight yet, but tomorrow. So we'll see how I feel about episode number three. Um, But yeah, so far, so far I'm unfortunately disappointed in this show in a way that I wasn't with WandaVision. WandaVision had its own disappointments. Um, Yeah, it's not perfect, but yeah, no, I mean, you know what, what it truly is. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm much less impressed with the production on this show. Mm hmm. And I think that that unfortunately it's a little bit rushed and maybe maybe it's a product of, you know, them trying to get it out too quickly after WandaVision. Maybe they didn't quite take enough time. They were splitting, you know, production yep. teams between the two shows to get them out back to back. But yeah. I think they're done separately. You know, I think they're quite the separate entity. Um, I just hope that Disney is not being the real, the kind of pushy thing. Hey, we need this to release within yeah, two weeks of the end, you know, like we, that's like, what I mean. They, yeah. Yeah. And they keep needing to follow up because we're going to, we might lose subscribers if you don't right. have something follow up right away, you know? Right. Um, 
quality so, over quantity yeah. disney <laughs> yeah yeah but well we shall see um everybody else uh let us know what your thoughts are thus far on yeah maybe uh, are we being too nitpicky solution. like you know are, are well, other you know, people really enjoying this and you know we just need yeah. to like chill out and you know, step back and, and take a beat. I don't know. Or like maybe you've seen episode three and you're like, don't worry, hang in there. Get, it gets better. Let us know. Because yeah. I'm I'm very interested because I feel like this show is is like it just it's quite far different from WandaVision. So yep. interested to see where we're going. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that was our um, first episode back after our break. Episode mm-hmm. 54. Um, how how'd you like being in uh, reversed roles? How do you like how do you like the name John? <laughs> it suits me. It suits me. <laughs> it's, it's grounded and real. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna have people call me on Andrea. So definitely don't. Whoa, <laughs> being we're being flipped. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> I'm me again. <laughs> oh my gosh, I felt that in my body. <laughs> um. Anyways, everybody should follow us uh, here on Twitch. And mm-hmm. um, I see we have uh, my cousin followed us four hey. hours ago. So thank you, Kimberly, for the follow. Appreciate um, it. You, yeah. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe there. Like mm-hmm. those videos. That really helps. Let us know. I, I posted a few clips. Um, you know, if, if you want, if you don't like the long form and you want more clips, let me know, mm-hmm. you know, um, give us feedback there. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, if you're on Twitter, I posted earlier that I was going to be streaming with my brother-in-law, Lucas333, that's Lucas with a K, on Twitch. We played some mm-hmm. Fortnite today, so um, follow him to keep um, to get notifications for when he goes live, and I'm usually playing with him if, uh, if I can. Um, thank you to Killing the Flower for our theme song. Um, you can check them out on Spotify, YouTube, and Instagram. So you can like, follow, share all their stuff. And um, yeah, write a review of us on your favorite podcast directory. That helps a lot. Helps out a lot. Um, tell your other friends and family. Hey, you know, um, on your commute while you're doing your chores um whatever it is open up that podcast app and listen to us yammer for 90 (laughs) minutes or so damn um we will hopefully be back next week i'm getting a little more busy with work and you know i i might be responsible for a few um delays in the coming weeks but uh Well, you've earned it. I I had one big one, so if you have a couple little ones here and there, totally yeah, understandable. It's, <laughs> it's it's all right, you know. It we it'll be okay until the audience starts demanding, "Hey, where were you on whatever day?" You know. That's right. I was expecting a new episode. Like if you start uh, demanding that, then you know, then what can we do but oblige? So. That's right. Hold us accountable, people. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, it was good to finally talk to you again, Andrea. And yes, um, you too. Thanks for joining me. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Cheers, everybody.